Welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 307, technically. Fast 10 6th gear. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode's brought to you by the Silicon Valley Bike Exchange. BikeX.org. The Silicon Valley Bike Exchange began in 1993 repairing bicycles for clients of the Mountain View Community Services Agency. Shout out to BikeX. Well, shout out to BikeX and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever, Joe. This is the final time for at least a few months that we'll be talking about Fast 10 exclusively. I mean, we'll probably be talking about it in every mailbag and pretty much, yeah. many of the main core installment episodes. But with us today, the reason we are here, now available on VOD, you can watch us from your home where she did, we have with us, returning from the... Was it the walk down memory chain lab? Was it the Letty lab? I think it was, right? Or was it Brian? Oh, I thought you were going to say the depths of hell, but yeah. No, no, no. Ever. What lap were you on? <laughs> With us is Kara Gallery. Hello, Kara. Hi. I was on the lap where we watched things in chronological order for the first time. Okay. Which we've adapted and, and mm-hmm. do that all the time now. Mm. You were on the That's So Brian lap. Oh, that is so Brian. Was it just Brian movies? It was just Brian movies. We only did like four Paul Walker movies. So we did like yeah, Brick, Brick Mansions, Mansions. I remember. Into the Blue. But so you didn't do Noel that time. We did Noel later. The Christmas right. special, yeah. We've done that Noel I later. refused the, to join. The, Chris, the Christmas movies are a time honored tradition on here because Joe loves Christmas movies the way that everybody loves Christmas movies. Exactly, yeah. But Carol, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us once again to watch Fast 10. Initial thoughts, what did you think? Oh, um, I just I hope they get all their little bitcoins or Ethereum or whatever it was that got stolen back so that they can get little Brian so much therapy because this child needs so much therapy. Unless is it possible that the Toretto Automancer gene somehow uh, like insulates you and protects you from developing complex PTSD? Well, I think everybody in this franchise could use a little bit of therapy. I do oh, think that yeah, John Cena, true. from last movie to this movie, underwent some therapy, probably, and feels like yeah, a Yeah, it seems man. like it. Seems like he's been working on himself. But everyone's harboring some kind of something around. I think your PTSD is like part of your superpower in the Fastiverse. Mm, that's a really interesting concept. Yeah, because it's like Dom is only so good because his He's dad... hypervigilant all the time. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm laughing about it because I also have PTSD. So, like, I'm not just making fun of it. <laughs> so, from a from the standpoint of somebody who is traumatized, that kid needs some therapy. They all do. Speaking of automancers and leveling up, there is the scene in this movie where Jacob sacrifices himself to save Dom and Little B. And there is a theory that we have developed, Kara, so far on the show, based on our thoughts and listener thoughts, that he isn't actually dead, that he death-proofed his car, that he's still going to survive. Yeah, But what I noticed this time around, he grabs the necklace. And so maybe the necklace is a teleporter or or a time machine or or like a bubble shield. Yeah, Yeah, some sort of talisman that protects you. Yeah. Yeah, that's possible. But also on the death-proofing thing, this time around, I noticed that his windows are down. So like the fire like comes in through the windows. And also a sunroof is down, too. Yeah. So the whole, like, fireproofing the inside of the car thing doesn't really work if all the windows are down. So, yeah, yeah. maybe I like bubble shield better. Let's go with yeah. bubble shield for now. Because he's definitely not dead, obviously. Like, not unless we see the body. As I've said before, 
and was right again. So did you know, had you had it spoiled for you, or did you know, or were you surprised by both the return of Gal Gadot in her submarine and Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Hobbs? I think I, like, through general cultural osmosis, Mm -hmm. had learned that information, but, like, had passed through my brain without spending much time inside of it. Mm -hmm. So I was still surprised when it happened. And then I was like, wait, I think I did know that that was going to happen. But it still surprised me. And I was like, there she is. We didn't see the body and she's back. I don't know why. I was more excited this time around and I knew they were coming. I got more chills this time (laughs) than I did the first time. And I'm like, this is so exciting. I think because we've talked about this movie eight or nine times in the last month. But like, I am so ready for these two to be back in every way. Can't wait. I also noticed this time I wanted to I'm glad you brought up uh we're jumping right into fucking gal coming back. Mm-hmm. But we were like talking about this and like dancing around it like who did it whatever whatever. Cypher takes like full credit for bringing yeah, gal back. Yeah, still think my plan sucks like my plan. Yes. So yeah. like Cypher was involved in bringing gal back. Well, so there's a couple so this is the first time Joe and I have rewatched the movie since we saw it in theaters. But there's a couple lines in here that like when Tess says when Tess goes to that bar and she meets Dom and she goes talking about Mr. Nobody now that he's gone missing in like a really weird affectation. She's like, oh, I didn't catch that one missing. Like there's things like that. We're just like, what do you, what do you know that we don't know? Well, I presumably a lot. Probably. She's she is the, the Nepo baby of, of all Nepo babies. So she got all sorts of inf- interesting info in that little brain of hers. I do like that moment where she shot through the shoulder and Dom's like looking over. He's like, you're gonna be okay. It was a clean through. Your dad would be so proud. It's like of what? Like being shot in the shoulder while in a mission? Like your dad would be so proud of you for taking a bullet. Was that the same shoulder that she stabs Letty in? A lot of shoulder work in this movie. No, different shoulder. I think Letty's the left shoulder. Hers is the right shoulder, I think. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a lot of shoulder work. A lot of shoulder work. Yeah, I was really surprised this time around that Brie didn't have a vest on. That would have been very Mr. Nobody, nobody family to wear, no, be wearing a vest. she's wearing what looks like like a corsage. Like she's wearing like a very... Corset? Corset, corset. Yes, not corsage. No flowers. Mm-hmm. But she's wearing like a kind of a sexy kind of underwear looking thing that like doesn't even cover her full stomach. It's kind of like a push-up bra effect. Like she looks great, but it's also like that's not exactly like bulletproof material. That's what I was thinking too. Yep. bridge. Yeah. Kara, did you have a favorite new character or a favorite moment or favorite part of this movie? I don't know. I was confused for a lot of it. Have you seen these movies since we talked about them? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. And I, it started and I was like, I have no idea what happened in the last movie. I have no idea what <laughs> this movie is. Did you appreciate the recap that uh, Big Jack Reacher does in the middle? Is that who that is? I was wondering who the new cop guy is. Yeah, yeah. he plays Jack Reacher in the Amazon Prime series. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um. I know I, I did get really excited about Rita Moreno, another yeah. person that I knew was going to be in this movie, and then got really excited to see. She also, I noticed this time around, has a little cross necklace, but hers is gold and not silver. She's got a little. Ooh, I gold. like it. What did you think of Isabel, the sister of Elena, Dom's baby mama who was shot and killed on the plane? We find out that Isabel is the sister down in Brazil. What did you think of her as a new character? She was fine. She was uh, definitely Elena's sister. Uh, <laughs> as far as like interest and uh, seeming relevance and importance goes. Because I think she's got big Suki energy. Kind of like tough, kind of racer, kind of like, you know, the guys hit on her, but she ignores them, blows them off, independent woman. 
is she like Suki or is she just like another woman in these movies who's driving a car? Both of them. But I feel yeah. like I feel like there's a couple different shades of gray for the women sure. who's like feisty yeah. or like kind of demure or absent. Like yeah. I was I was bummed that Mia I didn't realize it was fifty minutes. At the fifty minute mark she checks out and she's not back. Like I knew there's not a very much Mia, but like less than an hour of Mia in this movie. Yeah. Honestly, I just yeah, I, I just forgot Mia was in it. I did too. Yeah. Until you she just did. said it again, Joey, and I was like, Oh yeah, that is right. She is there for a little bit. Right, just to babysit the kid and make me wonder where are her kids? And then remember, like, oh right, quote unquote Brian is taking care of them. Like it just still I cannot get over the fact that he's not dead in this universe. It's the cognitive dissonance of him, like, you know, we see everyone else like doing their thing and we're not going to like also see him being a stay at home dad. Like what? I think that would be great. Obviously, we can't do that because he's actually dead in real life. But it's it is funny that like no characters in this franchise really die. And even if you die in real life, you don't die in these movies, right? Like you're just you're right. still around no matter what family is family forever. Yeah, except for all of those innocent civilians that get uh, killed in the process of you uh, carrying out various criminal activities. Well, I do think that is, is, this is the is the one where they have the the news report from Italy. They're like no no civilian casualties somehow. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, they okay. do. They're like very clear. They're like somehow no one died. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. I thought I misheard it and was like obviously civilian casualties. <laughs> No. Nope, they saved no everyone, casualties. Although wow. I did, so I, I put this on our Twitter, there is that, where there's that wall that the bomb rolls to and then sort of hovers at and then falls and just keeps going. But mm-hmm. on that wall, there's like this old-timey inscription and the top of the inscription says Dom. And I don't know if they digitally altered that. I don't know if they found a wall somewhere in Rome or wherever no, they like shot this that says Dom. Mm-hmm. Like year. Yeah, that's Latin. I know, but still, like, how many things are going to have, like, in big, bold letters just say Dom at the top? Everything. In you Rome? A everything? lot. Of- everything. Oh, Like, yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, I still think it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. I'm just saying it's not, like, rare. It's fucking everywhere. Because this did- was the first time that we could do, we had uh, pausing and screenshot technology. And Mm-mm. there, because there was a thing, like, Louis Leterrier was, like, there's so many Easter eggs strewn throughout this movie. People are going to love to rewatch it. And I watched it with a close eye. I'm just like, I don't think so. Like, I liked rewatching it, but like, I don't think there's a lot of Easter eggs in here. Okay. Okay. But, but mm-hmm. they are like, I mean, we've already said it and we found some of them, but they are talking a lot about time, the present, things sure. like that. So maybe those are the Easter eggs. So, Carrie, if you'll remember in nine, Roman and Tej go to outer space in that Fiero. I sure do. That's one of the few things I remember from this franchise. Yep. And everyone was like, how do you one-up that? Where do you go from here? We're like, time travel. Oh, right. Cypher literally rolls up in a DeLorean, and the door in the DeLorean remains open overnight, which I realized. Like, she she leaves it open when she walks in, then the next morning with all the cops The batteries are going to be dead. It's the lights going to be... She doesn't care. Your door light's going to be on. They talk about time travel and they walk into the Pete Davidson building. They're like, do we just time travel? Like, there's all these different time travel. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Carrot. Pete Davidson thoughts? Two things. No, Please. not about Pete Davidson. Oh, okay. Um, one, I always wish that edibles worked as fast as they do in movies. And two, why didn't that pay off? Like, at all. Han starts hallucinating and that's just like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we unless, have the same everything, unless everything that happens from that point forward is just a 
uh, a fever dream, dream sequence. Yeah. Oh. Which, you know, I love dream sequences, so that would be very exciting. What do you think Roman throws at the ceiling in that scene? He throws like a baby powder or something. Cause like, I was like, oh, it's a baby powder, but like baby powder is not a thing. Like, like they joke about baby oil in six, but baby powder is not a thing. Like he throws a thing twice. At the, like, he's just like, ha. And PD Gibson's like, get a magician. But like, what is that? And why does he do it twice? Cause we don't have answers. It I, should be cocaine, yeah. right? Like that's, that's like what it should be. Why would why should it be that? Because there's because Pete Davidson has all kinds of drugs around because he's a drug guy. That was okay. my was what I always assumed. Okay, that whole scene was why did it exist at all other than to shoehorn Pete Davidson into the franchise and or set up Hans' dream sequence? We don't know. There's None no of reason it makes for sense. it. We could cut that entirely because, like, they could just go, hey, I know a place, and they go to stay them. Like, they just get to right. where they're going. But they have to have a weird drug scene and Pete Davidson at an internet yeah. cafe. I do love an internet cafe. I mean, not to, like, use it. I just, like, the enjoy the concept of it and, like, feel very nostalgic for it, even though they don't really exist anymore. Although there was one in Pompton Lakes, New Jersey for a far longer time than I would have expected. That was a front. He was selling fun, fun right. cupcakes. Muffins. Yeah. Fun muffins. Mm-hmm. Like no internet cafe should exist That actually anymore. makes like a lot, a lot more <laughs> sense. Yeah. There was a sign on the outside of that building, like the, the internet cafe that says one pound per minute. Can you imagine, like there's like a dude like playing like an MMO, like when you first walk in, like, can you imagine being there for like an hour to play some kind of video game and like paying 60 pounds for the privilege? Who's doing that? This was a concept we had in Pittsburgh at one point that they would like it it never made any sense and died pretty much immediately but there was like a quasi internet cafe but they would have like gaming computers so you could come and use their gaming computers and rent them and it wasn't like a dollar a minute but even still it was kind of outrageous and like I was like oh this is cool because like you know it'd be like oh if you can't afford to like build your own computer because they can be expensive you could come play computer games here but then Mm -hmm. it just becomes like the cost of building your own computer in like two weeks but like Pete Davidson's even upfront about like how much it all sucks he's like they're doing like there's a couple of good jokes like they're doing dozens of damage dozens of dollars worth of damage like he's just like this is all like this is from the 90s like it's expensive and shitty I don't know it doesn't make any sense that whole scene can be cut though Carrie you're not wrong I just I wish they had done more with Hans. Uh, who knows? Maybe in the next one they will. We'll find out. Hans drugs scene. You wanted you yeah. had more of that. Of course I do. Okay. Come on. I mean, how long from the time that that scene transpires to the end of the movie? Like, how? What's the timeline? How long does that take? Maybe it didn't kick in as fast as I thought it did. And like by the end of the movie, it's been three hours and Han is like tripping balls. And well, then like we in see the next look one. down and it's already hit. You know what I mean? Like he's looking at yeah. the muffin and it's already like, and then I think it seems like he in the, in the next scene, he's kicking dudes asses, right? Like, oh um, yeah. And I had, yeah, a, and I had that, another um, thought, whatever that was that I don't think that it was actually just edibles. And I was thinking this had to be some of the recreational Compounds. Oh, like mushrooms, mushrooms. Yeah, no, not mushrooms, but like no. like the two C class of drugs. Oh like, yeah, I haven't thought I haven't heard of those since college. Yes, like those, like plant foods. A right. lot of plant foods. That's what it felt like to me because it was like the muffin kind of like 
did a little twisty guy and I was like, oh, okay. And it hit really quick, not like mushrooms. I was like, mm-hmm. that makes a little bit more sense. I think it does. And then you wouldn't be that stone for very long. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, th- that's boring. It's not as fun. I agree, but, the, but yeah. all, all roads lead home. Oh, 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 oh. So. So another thing that I used pause technology to take a closer look at was Han's dating profile. Mm. Oh, nice. So it's been pointed out that Han in honest dating app, which, you know, people lie on, he's listed as 39. Sun Kang in real life is 52, Kara. So not even in the ballpark of close. Uh, That's fine. The app says six feet tall. I like car cars and motorsports, which, yes, that's accurate. I Googled how tall is Sung Kang. Six feet. So there we go. There's a line that ends in OKER. So maybe poker, because we see him playing some poker, some mm. cards and stuff in Tokyo Drift. Maybe something about Joker, like Roman. Who knows? And then there's also another line that says in the US and Japan. So like, you know, I've lived in the US and Japan, maybe. But the most important thing, the most telling thing, I think, is that when they hand him the phone, they're like, look what we did for you. He says, I told you guys, I don't need that. Because he knows Gal, Giselle, still alive. Well, and also, I mean. He doesn't need, he doesn't, I know, I know, he's big dicking too but a no, little but bit that's there. The thing. Like, he's saying, like, we think in the first time he's saying it like, I don't need that. Look at me. Look at my cheekbones. But we know now he doesn't need that because the love of his life on a submarine somewhere. But yeah, a little foreshadowing. Easter eggs. It's one of these Easter eggs, Joey. Kara, we don't know who knows what. We assume that everyone <laughs> knows everything and nothing. That's fair. Schrodinger's car. No, Schrodinger's car. There you go. There is a Vin Diesel movie that. Oh no, not a Vin Diesel movie. Oh my god. Yeah, it was. It was. Was a it Vin? Diesel. Was it a Vin it, movie or was it, it? It wasn't Equilibrium, right? It was. Oh, maybe it, fuck. No. Babylon AD. Hold on. No, it was. It was. Oh god, which one was it? Actually, but you're right, Vin. I don't was no Vin. Was it was in Repo it. Men. It was Repo Men that opens with Jude yeah. Law opens with like explaining Schrodinger's cat, and we're, it's if it, it's like in a way that's just like a couple of college bros getting stoned to go into the movies and be like, "Bro, did you hear what they talked about? Like the cat is alive <laughs> and dead. Whoa, bro!" But we did it like two months ago, so like it's sort of fresh in our brains. Even though we could not tell you what movie it was from until I looked it up, I did remember that part of that movie though. He's like Schrodinger's cat. He's even and doing like, good job then explaining explains it. it. Yeah. yeah. There is also the Cypher Letty fight scene that people are like, how long is four minutes? But we only see them fighting for 90 seconds. And then she climbs up for 35 seconds and then drops down. So like there's a chance that when like she's like, We have four minutes, like that's all fine. But what did you think, Kara, after two movies behind the computer? They were like, Oh, right, we have Charlize Theron who can fight and kick ass. Let's give her two big fight scenes. Did you like those scenes? Um, I would have, except that they were in a room with like a flashing mm, yeah. alert light oh, the I'm whole so time. Sorry, lady. So I had to kind of like hold my phone up in front of the screen and look at something else for a while. So PSA slash begging all, I don't know who's responsible for this directors, lighting designers, gaffers, former ravers, grips, former ravers, whomever's might be working on movies and actual movies and you think it's going to look like so cool if they have some sort of flashing light in the scene while people are moving around real fast and you're cutting things real fast and whatever. You know, some of us have very delicate brains and uh, flashing lights, uh, they're no good. So stop doing that, please. The upside is that you're able to watch it at home and you didn't have to like, you weren't subjected to like an entire wall-sized movie. Yeah. At least you're able to sort of, you know, 
yeah well that was why i didn't go to the movies to see it with you guys because i i like i've had to like walk out of action movies before because it's not just the flashing lights it's just the way that they're cut and shot yeah yeah, they're fast things are moving so fast yep um so and even when i go see like normal movies like when i the last movie i saw in the theater was little women First movie I'll see at the theater again, definitely Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, you know, I have to sit like all the way at the back, right next to the door. So there's some like natural light still like in my periphery, oh. quote unquote natural. It's just, it's such a overwhelming sensory experience that like, I've, I've now learned that I cannot even go see modern action movies in the theater, which sucks. I have a hard enough time watching them on our TV at home. Well, there's a lot of like there were scenes that like like I'm luck I I luckily don't have to deal with that, but there's scenes in here where I'm like there's unnecessary camera movement. Like when there's mm-hmm. that scene where Ames and Tess are talking, and he's recapping the movies for people who might have seen this for the first time. Like the camera's like quickly like panning around him like it's Michael Bay like just for like an action like to like let's make it more exciting that they're just talking make like it let's dynamic. get a little bit of action. It's like no yeah. man, just like stationary is fine. Like you can you can pause for a second. Every right. once in a while. Yeah, that's all I'm asking. Pause for a second. Every once in a while, a classic, you know, two shot, shot, reverse shot. You know, like it's a classic for a reason how we mm-hmm. sh- used to shoot movies. And now we're like doing all these crazy things and we simply do not have to. Stop moving. The Stop moving, movies. In that scene, though, Ames, number one, calls them the Toretto clan and says that the agency first caught wind of them in Rio. So it means the first four movies worth of stuff, they weren't even on the radar. Fascinating. Now, the agency, the CIA? Or no, just, no. just the agency. Unnamed it's, a, it's a different, it's a different thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But they are feds. They're not... Possibly. Like, we, we've okay. never confirmed if they're government-related. Last lap or two laps, two laps ago... We did, like, where's Jacob? Because we're like, Dom's had a brother this entire time that we never knew about. Like, what could he be doing during these movies? And so what we started to do somewhat is, like, what's Dante been doing? Right? Because we, like, but it seems like he's not even aware. Like, there's no reason for them to be aware. Like, even, like, nobody's just, like, these first four movies, no one gives a shit. They're just, like, you know, stealing DVD players off everyone's radar. Down in Miami with a drug lord off everyone's radar. I think once you cross borders is when they probably picked up on them. It was the tunnels mm-hmm. to Mexico and back. Well, that's still mm-hmm. four, though. And he says it's not. They didn't get on the on the radar till five. I think mm-hmm. once you um, rip a bank vault out mm-hmm. of a building and drive that's through fair. a major city, towing it along the way, inflicting billions of dollars worth of damages, like maybe that's where you wind up on the radar. Although I, I do recognize that, obviously, Hobbs was on their tail already, but. Well, he also, like, they, they talk about, like, how they sensed great promise. Like, look at what these people can steal. Like, we can use them. We can manipulate mm-hmm. them. We can put their skills to our advantage. I did look around, though, like, with all those, like, shadowy figures on the screen, like, voting yes or no about, like... I tried to figure some out, them. too. I, I paused. I looked. I tried so to, like, So here's all the guess. cities. The cities that I could oh, list. thank and you. Most of them are not ones that they've been to yet that we know of. Oslo? No. London? Yes. Berlin? Yes. Dallas? No, it seems kind of whatever. Sure. No, 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 no offense to Dallas, but just like Auckland. No. Reykjavik. No, I don't think. Barcelona. No. Los Angeles. Yes. And Los Angeles is the only one of all those that says no to Ames. So maybe the Los Angeles There was Angeles only one person, because there's two because it shows it, but it well, looks like the they're that, in a round. You the know what I mean? The like only one it's that repeated. I could see 
the city for. So like the only one that I like I, I pair so like I think others do say no, but like I couldn't see what city that was. Maybe when the 4K comes out and I can like more carefully pause. But if those are people we know, maybe the someone in Los Angeles is a friend. Might be Brian. Is he in Los Angeles? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's where he, I would assume so. Hmm. But I thought they were like agency. off the grid somewhere though. It's unclear. I thought they were off the grid too, but if they're like, no, we, we've been in, you know, Monica B or, you know, Santa Monica, it's like, oh, okay. Or maybe they're just like out in the valley somewhere. And like in that weird, like gated community in Calabasas where the Kardashians live. Oh, maybe. And there's no cell phone service. Carol, what did you think of Dante, Jason Momoa as Dante? Oh, Swole Joker? Mm hmm. Swole Joker. Okay. Uh, he just was doing Swole Joker the whole time. I, I don't know. He was fine. I, it was just kind of like, you know, some interesting choices. Honestly, I had a hard time, uh, focusing and I was just thinking about that horrible, uh, apology video that he posted what? about what? taking photos in the, in the Vatican that he yeah, had to like this. apologize for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The single dumbest celebrity apology that's ever happened. Wait, was this while they were shooting this? Yeah, you know we talked about this on the show. Like, a I don't year remember ago. though. Go ahead. Yeah, because oh. you can't take pictures in the Vatican, and like someone, another celebrity just did it like a month ago. It was and, Brie like, Larson, I think, was posting pictures. Maybe Vin or Brie. Somebody else just. I just saw some like on. It wasn't someone in the franchise because I would have okay. mentioned here it was someone else, but. Yeah, like they get up there, like you can't, but they don't take the pictures down. They just, they're still up. You know what I mean? Like it's just like whatever. But yeah, you're not allowed to take pictures in the Vatican. Sure, I have a fuck ton of pictures from the Vatican. Like yeah, I mean you cares? and everybody else. But it, yeah. I don't know. He had like posted them on, on Instagram and gotten a lot of flack for it. Mm-hmm. And then he like did this video where he's like in the hotel gym working out shirtless. Like the Red Hot Chili Peppers are playing in the back, <laughs> and he's like, right. "Hey, sorry about that. Really, really sorry." Uh, yeah, and he like, but he like starts the video talking about like his bicep that he's like rehabilitating after an injury, and then like finally like puts down his weights, like turns off the music, and gets serious, and is like, "Listen, I, I, if you felt like I dis- disrespected your culture, I'm so sorry. I never wanted to disrespect anyone's culture." Meanwhile, he's posting this to an Instagram account called Pride of Gypsies. And he he is not Romani, so that's an very true. Slur. And he's you know disrespecting a culture there. Uh, so it, I just found it uh, funny, and I was thinking about that because I was like, oh, this was when he was taking pictures in the Vatican, getting mm-hmm. in trouble for it, making bad mm-hmm. apology videos. Did you hear? So there's going to be two more movies. There's going to be the sequel, the direct sequel to this. But there's also going to be in between. There's going to be a new Hobbs movie, standalone oh, right. okay. spinoff. Mm-hmm. Where do you think things go from here? Do you think anyone at the end here is actually dead? Do you think Dom and Brian are going to die in this dam? Do you think the four people in that plane are all going to die? What do you think is going to go on immediately and long term to to close out this franchise? I think unless we see a body, no one's dead. Fair. Um, That has proven true time and time again. 100%. It did feel like they were kind of like playing the hits in this one where it was like there were like several things that happened that seemed to be like a reprise of bits that happened in different movies like obviously we got the bank vault slash going through a city you know somebody was dead and it turned out they weren't actually dead or you know the the guy you think is a good guy is actually a bad guy revisiting a lot so i imagine whatever they didn't hit in this movie from the previous movies they'll probably do in the next oh. one 
I did get the sense this time watching this movie that this is Vin Diesel's way to say goodbye to the franchise. Because it feels like yeah. he's like staring at screenshots from movies, just like, these are some good times. And just like, it feels like he's saying goodbye. Remember when we did this? Remember mm-hmm. when we did yeah. that? That shot of him in front, in front of the Coliseum is purely like, yo, you know, it would look really cool. Get me from like waist height up and the Coliseum behind it and just like that would be really cool I would like that and they just like yeah we should put that in the movie and it's like no there's no reason that should be in the movie at all but like just like a three second shot of just Vin with the Coliseum behind him and you know what he's not wrong it looks looks pretty cool really cool um there is like the scene where he's talking to Isabel about Elena he is crying like he loved Elena in a way that like Obviously, Letty is the love of his life, but he cared for Elena in a way that, you know, I don't know that we ever really fully, the, the movies really fully, like, explain that he loved Elena, but he seems like he really loved Elena. Sure, nice. but they also, like, she was never fully a person to us. No, correct. So it's hard to connect with that relationship that he had with her because it was so un dimensional one dimensional not explain not explain anything yeah 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 joe what'd you notice this time around i we were trying to figure out like who made the bomb but uh-huh. it's clearly like a bomb from the agency because little nobody knows Recognizes about the it. bomb and they say like they like stole it from the agency blah 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 kind of unexplained but that makes a little bit more sense i was also like trying to i had like a a monocle on watching little nobody trying to figure out if he is a good guy or a bad guy in this mm. and like when he first shows up i'm like he this might be a bad guy too because he's part of the agency Ames is bad right stuff like that but then he's like he's the one that tells them they don't have a mission in rome and like that's how they figured out he's like oh come on we're going to rome he helps him with the mission but in the same time then later on like i forgot how much Ames helps dom to like get him to Dante and save his son and Ames is in it on, on it the whole time. So now I'm even more confused. Who is that? Scott Eastwood and Jack Reacher. So yeah, Ames okay. is the big muscly guy, the new guy. And Scott Eastwood is the guy who's been in a couple movies who kind of sucks. Uh, he's the agency. He's the one who like is in Rome. He goes to Dom's house. And he's like, we don't have a mission. Okay. Rome. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. you need to help now. And he's like, I see the bomb. It's this kind of bomb. It's the circle one. I think I thought him and the other new cop guy were the same person. They look vastly different, but that would be cool. Sure. I mean, they, they don't look similar. I mean, they're both but they're the same role. Muscly yeah. white guys. Yeah. In, in law enforcement. Uh, they did not read to me as two separate people, which is probably my fault. But no, it's OK. What did you guys think of Dante calling Dom at least twice? Dommy. I like Dommy and also uh, Helen Mirren calls him, what does she call Ducky at one point? Ducky and Dommy are pretty good nicknames. I like both. I think we should, I think we should roll with those. When Ames is, when Ames is there and he's doing like the round circle thing, he's like something, something, something. I hate barbecues. And I was like, that's the shittiest writing I've ever heard in one of these films. Cause there's nobody on the planet that doesn't like barbecues. Maybe he's a vegan and he just has had like a lot of really uncomfortable barbecue experiences because everyone's always trying to get him to eat meat or something. 
yeah, he has like a bunch of brotastic friends. He's really big, and they're like, "You're such a big, unmasculating word that they want to use for 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 not eating meat." Yeah, maybe. But I mean, like, come on, like, like just to come out and be like, "And I hate barbecues." You're like, what? Like, I do like, even though he doesn't have her DNA that she is just stepmom. Little B's got a whole lot of Letty acrobatics in him. Like when he's monkeying around, like with the cannon car, like he you're looks right. like. He looks like Letty at You're the beginning right. of four, right? He looks like he's jumping around in an oil rig. Like, even though, you know, nature versus nurture, that is definitely Letty's nurture rubbing off on him. Like, hey, climb around, jump around, moving cars. Who cares? You're going to be fine. Automance. Oh, you know what I noticed this time that I really, really, really liked? Brie Larson, like you were saying, she goes into the bar and she's wearing that leather jacket. And on the back of the leather jacket, good it vibes says, only. good vibes only. And then the next scene, it cuts into the song of good vibrations, too. Ooh. Ooh, I didn't even pick up on that. I didn't like the Beach Boys version. No, it's a what was it was the Marky Mark version because they're singing. It's like Lil B and um... Oh, Good Vibrations. There is also Joe close to our hearts, not in this movie, but there is the opening of Mike and Dave need wedding dates where they're jumping around the trampoline in slow motion. There's like song called Good Vibes Only. So like maybe she's shouting out Zach Attack. How deep down the rabbit hole? So Kara Joe is this theory that like. It's fun to believe, but you know it. It it it's it would be insane if true that like the the writers listen to this show and like sprinkle they like steal, steal our ideas good ideas. But how far down the rabbit hole would you have to go to be like, you know what we're gonna we're gonna layer in here a Zach Attack reference? <laughs> that would be <laughs> awesome. So many hours of podcasts that they've listened to. I well, I say they put like an intern on it, and then he just like takes oh, notes yeah. and, and writes, get, like pitches them the best ones at the end. Like you know what I mean? Like at the end of the week. Yeah, he's got some f- massive Google Doc somewhere. Yeah, it would also it, be really funny if the if the Zach Attack reference was not a Montez reference or a We Are Your Friends reference or a Blue Is Blue Eyes reference. Like those are the things that stand out, right? Like yes, yeah, a Mike and Dave where we're like fun movie aubrey plaza is attractive anna kendrick is attractive there's nothing else to say about this movie right like it's just like that like to, to reference Zach attack that way would be like whoa that's some galaxy brain shit <laughs> oh kara did you notice that they actually did reference our podcast in the movie no <laughs> they use our logo as a scene at the very beginning of the movie to nod to us that they were listening to the podcast Really? Because the car, because little B is driving the car doing an infinity symbol with the tires of the car, and it is our logo. Wow. Wow. Big if true. Truly. Joe was like, oh my God, that's our logo on screen. I'm like, you're not wrong. (laughs) Like, you're not right, but you're not wrong. What I love, I feel like this is, um, this is something I noticed the first time around that I did not mention, but what I feel is emblematic of like, the size and the star powers and also maybe the egos let's let's try to be positive is that i've never before seen a movie i don't think at least that i've noticed that has three with credits and three and credits in the closing where it's like with brie larson with jason momoa with helen mirren and jason statham and it's just like all these people who like have specifically written into their contracts i can't be included in the regular list I need to be at the end. A special, yeah. There's six of them, which is is is, is there like a tier of like a with is like the higher like you're in the movie more if it's with. I and... don't think so. I think it's I think it's just personal choice. All good vibes only. I th- I think generally the last name 
is the biggest one, and that's the and credit. So there's usually like okay. a with someone and someone. It's like, oh shit, that person's in the movie. And like doesn't even mean that they're necessarily in it a lot. It just means that like they're in it enough to be like mentioned up top. But to have six of them in this movie is truly insane. I'm gonna see if I can get all six and hold on. Pretty unwieldy. Speaking of contracts, I have a contract question for uh when we're done with this topic. With Helen Mirren, with Brie Larson, with Rita Moreno, and Jason Statham, and Jason Momoa. And Charlize Theron. That's, that's wild. That's, I mean, those are all like enormous actors, right? Those are all like people that like warrant it, but it's still that funny to have six of them. Do we know like any of the details of like their deal with Corona? Like, is it, yeah, you guys can use Corona in the movie. Here's a shit ton of Corona. We'll pay you to use Corona. Are they still working on nailing down a specific Belgian beer that they're gonna reference it was Stella or... in this one well yeah but like you know they just reference belgians but we know that corona is corona i'm just curious what like the back end on that uh product placement is i don't know the numbers but i did hear like rumors that it wasn't a thing to start out with correct and that's why it kind of like evo- like if you watch like the first one has a ton of coronas and then it comes back later on because I think Corona realized that, that that this was like a branding opportunity. Are they investing in the project or are they just providing free Corona? I'm just so curious. Well, so one thing that I noticed, I don't know if you picked up on this time, but in the opening barbecue, everybody has a Corona, but they're mm-hmm. not facing the camera. Like they're not really product placement. So Joe is right. right. When the franchise started, they used Corona because that's what racers in the scene drank. And so they just kind of stuck around, became a hallmark, became a staple, whatever. As far as I know, I don't think they've ever paid to be included. It's just like a thing that like just is free advertisement, free advertising. Like the Fast and Furious doesn't get anything from it. It's just like this is fun or whatever. You know what I mean? But like, can you can you imagine if we would have got like the Fast and Furious 12 pack of bottles last time it came out? Like, you know, how they do like the NFL that that doesn't exist. Like, how does that right? not exist? They're just leaving money on the table, especially they have so much damage to repair, I think, just simply by the coincidence of being called Corona after the novel coronavirus pandemic. I think everybody's over Corona and that association now, Kara, because they've mooned on to something else. Well, certainly they've decided to pretend none of that even happened. But, um, you know, I think there's still some like brand rehab that they could be doing. I just want like a little sixer that has like that has like Dom's charger on it, right? Like mm. that'd be so. Sick. Or like each bottle is a different face. Like yeah, they could have had twenty of them and only sold sixers, and you'd have mm-hmm. to like go through the store and mix and match your own fucking sixer. It mm-hmm. is really funny that it seems like Corona never throws Fast and Furious a bone, right? Like in every movie, they're like, "Hey, buy this beer," and Corona's never like, "Hey, go see these movies." It's just like no. Yeah, it's to. bizarre. Sure, they don't need to, but you know, synerg- brand synergy would have killed uh, it. I'm I'm with you, Kara. I'm 100%. Like I said, dude, I want it. Give it to me. Like they do the NFL cans for like your team in a certain area and stuff like that. Like, why wouldn't they just slap some fucking Fast and the Furious logos on the front of a couple bottles? People would go out and buy them to like watch it on VOD, right? Like, yeah. you're like, you have the fan base. I don't get it. You could make international editions, like. 
the Italian ones, like the Italian Coronas, would have been like a different bottle, it, and everybody mm-hmm. would have been trying to collect them worldwide. It would have been crazy. Okay, as I was watching it this time, we talked about it a little bit before. Maybe he's really not dead, but Jacob dying, I don't think is necessary to this movie at all. I think we we would have had the exact same thing. It would have probably, even for me right now, played better if Jason didn't die. I mean, sorry, Jacob didn't die. Because, like, he could have easily just, like, saved baby Brian and them and just, like, continued on the mission with them. Yeah, I think it's maybe, like, some sort of, like, he feel that he has to do penance for whatever, for being absent and being a bad guy and, like, whatever. He has to, like, prove his loyalty to the family by sacrificing himself and also by uh, further traumatizing this child as he watches his favorite uncle uh, burn to death in a fiery explosion. Um, Yeah. I think it's just, it's, it's for the drama of it all. Like, no, he absolutely does not have to die. Like, but as us as fans, like it's almost unfulfilling that he, like, like the whole time leading up to this movie, I'm like, we got to kill off some characters. We have too many people, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm watching it this time, and I'm like... like, no, you killed the wrong guy! No, not even you killed the wrong guy. I'm like, you probably didn't need to kill anyone. Like, we were, we're like, yeah. we've conceded to the fact that, like, everybody's coming back to life. Nobody's gonna die. Nobody even is, like, really dead. And, like, they put them in, like, the scary situation at the end. Cool, but, like, I don't think anybody's gonna die. But, like, here, like, do you need to kill Jacob? Probably not. He was, like, one of the best parts of the movie for me. And yeah. now I'm like... And it just like it's in the middle of the action sequence. You're like, okay, cool, blah blah blah. We're getting to the end, and then they're like, oh, we killed Jacob, and then they just drive away. And I'm like, you don't even get like a like a oh shit like Jacob, and then they do like, come on, a fake funeral. We need the overlook. We need the cemetery. We need all that to like actually grieve it out. And we don't even get that. It just keeps pushing. Movie there is a line wrong. in this movie that I didn't really. I don't think I caught the gravity of the first time, but like. When he's showing little B his cave, his his former mines, and he's just like, you know, you just hollow it out, you do all this different stuff or whatever. And he says, "Yep, you just have to have uh, a lot of time in your hands." It's just like it's like the weight of like he's had no family for decades. Like that Dom chased him away, right? And it's just like there's something in that moment where it's just like he's a kind of broken man. Like it sucks. There's a lot, I think, in this movie. I mean, they're obviously they're all technically about family or whatever, but I, I felt like the presence of feelings about family, <laughs> not articulate at all about that in this movie, like more so than others, like Letty's like reluctant motherhood, I think really kind of popped for me. Like when little B calls her mom, she has this look on her face that's like I'm so uncomfortable when you call me that. And then like, they have the conversation about like her getting pregnant and her being like, the time will come when it's right or whatever. And then uh, the conversation that Dom and Han have in the garage about, and he's like, that's fatherhood or whatever. And, and Han has this like really, I'm not sure like what the look on his face was, but it, it definitely wasn't like, yeah. It was, it looked more comp like he was having a complicated feeling in that moment. And like, I just, I feel like there were like heavier, especially like parenthood themes in this movie than there, there have been previously for obvious reasons. But my running theory for how this ends is that Dom sacrifices himself to save the family, but Letty is pregnant with his son. So the name will live on. 
<sighs> really, men really do be doing literally anything to get out of being a, a like <laughs> consistent, present <laughs> father in their child's lives. Literally dying to not pay child support. I hate it. Thanks. You know, the only thing he loves more than family is more family. And there's a certain kind of sad irony to like, because he literally puts his head on Letty's belt. Like you were just mentioned, just like, is it in there yet? She's like, no, not yet. What do you do? No. Also, that's not how this works. <sighs> Again, and on his his bedside table is wild to think that this is Dom Turner. Oh, I didn't even look at table. it. Oh, I I was looking, Joe, also because I was looking for candles. There's no candles in the there's candles in the room. There are no candles in the bedside table. Please, Carrot. He has like a mounted magnetic phone charger holder, mm-hmm. and I was like, this feels the least Dom Toretto thing that could ever exist. Yeah, does he even have a cell phone? That's have what I'm ever saying. Seen him use a cell phone. Like, only, like, calms to them, I guess. But, like, yeah. I can't imagine Dom's, like, a cell phone charger on the side of the bed guy, right? Yeah. Like, his, like, his cell phone's in the living room. Yeah. He charges it in the car only. It's, like, out of battery most of the time anyway. Exactly. He has on his end table a cup of water and a pitcher of water, both, like, kind Wild. of ornate and glass. Yeah, it okay. doesn't feel yeah, real. Yeah, some people do that. No, but I mean, or it's it's like orange glass, like brown. It's like a bubbled, like a bubbled, like a nice sort of fancy thing. I don't know. It's just I actually I really aspire to be the kind of person that could have a glass anywhere near their night table without I have cats. It over. I can't. I have cats. The cats are gonna get to it. Yeah, uh, I I don't have cats, but I do thrash flail in my sleep yeah. sometimes <laughs> or half asleep you know reaching for something um same with the picture it's just not you know i do i do i usually have like a glass of water and also a water bottle as i currently do because you have to have multiple beverages near and on your person at all times um as required by law but um yeah i i would love to have well i just i guess i aspire to be a person who has like a, a nice minimalist aesthetic bedside table and my bedside table at its best is could not be further from that at any given moment. There's all sorts of shit on there. Is this the most kid friendly Fast and the Furious? Because I think that if I had like a younger per like somebody that's probably like 10 or under, this is the one I would show them because Joey, we, we said it before Dante gets the fuck, but doesn't say it in English. Mm-hmm. We have a whole child, like main character in this one yeah it's a great audience proxy for a child however um that little weekend at bernie's scene that dante has Mm -hmm. with the the two cypher guys that he's i think it would play silly to kids not like terrifying like to adults die in this movie like there's a lot like i mean it's it's pg-13 so it's still like you know not but i'm saying in the scope of fast and the furious out of these 11 movies, which one would you show to a child first, and why would it not be this one? I mean, the the Weekend at Bernie scene really gives me pause. Like, even though it is played for laughs, it, it just, it is, it is more gruesome, I think, than anything, like, by, like, an order of magnitude, more gruesome than anything else we've seen I in agree. these movies. Yeah. And it's so, I mean... I was thinking that in the in the Han drug scene and like all of this uh, yeah. weird stuff like that doesn't play, but the rest of it, I think you can make a strong argument for. Yeah, 
I think, or even like Hobbs and Shaw is maybe one of them they would show a kid. Well, so one of our listeners and one of our patrons, Lane, showed he brought his daughter, who's about also why I was thinking about this, yeah, ten or twelve, I think, to this movie, and it was the first one she saw, and she really liked it enough to go back in in the early movies they watched, like the first two or three or four. But he was like, I'm not going to show her Hobbs and Shaw because – and, and not for the reason that people, like, seem to dismiss it like it's not really related. But it's just like there's a lot of sex stuff in there, like a lot of, like, jokes about, like, you know, climbing Mike, these mountain Mike or whatever. Mike Balls, and, my Oxmall yeah. things. Yeah, but I think they kind of, well, I don't know. I don't know. Kids today, they're so sophisticated. I was going to say a lot of that kind of stuff would, like, go over their head and they would watch it later in life. And be like, oh, so that's what that meant. But who knows? I still remember when I was like seven or eight and I watched Street Fighter and like Jean-Claude Van Damme says that bastard bison. I was like walking around my house repeating that. My mom's like, don't say that. I'm like, what does it mean? She's like, don't worry about it. Just don't say that. I'm like, all right, that's fine. Um, Maybe like the first one. That one seems kind of sexier than. First one's really horny. It's really horny. That's what I'm saying. This Because this one, like, I also liked pro this that. Dom's like, okay, the kid's asleep, and then he just puts his head on Letty's bed. Like, that's a really good, like, this is what we do when you're asleep. We just, like, put our heads on bellies. So we know that uh, two has the rat bucket scene, which is kind of scary. Three is a lot of, like, horny high schoolers. It might be four. Horny high schoolers hanging out with adults who want to fuck them. Yeah. It might be four. But that's, like, just brooding. It's just so dark. Yeah, gritty reboot. Um, but there's not like about five. five. Five, yeah. <laughs> five is like to your point from earlier, Kara. They're dragging a, a safe through the streets of Rio, and like, yeah, they murdering. are killing everyone. They don't say that nobody miraculously nobody died in this <laughs> in this situation. Yeah, I think this is a good entry point. This will this will be my entry point for for un unbirthed nieces and nephews. I will give them ten first. I do think it's funny that we were talking, I remember there's something, we said something before about like, but Dante, when he has little B in his car, he says, you party, I party. And then what he does, hits the Nas. It's just like, that's his, that's party. <laughs> that made you know me I mean? laugh pretty hard. Yeah. You part, hey kid, you party, I party, hit the Nas. Yeah, I did too. I really like that part. There's I so much of his like that I really like this time. Like his overly drunk. Like after he kills Diogo in that race, he goes, "Oh no, Diogo!" Like he's like so broken up about. It. Like it's just like very funny. He also like he leans out of his own window at the start of that race. And like I don't think we've ever seen this. Like where the driver is out the window. Like we've seen people jump through windows from car to car and whatever. Or lean, like, girls lean in the window. Mm-hmm. But he's like doing like the dog driving down the highway, like tongue out like having the time of his life exactly but as he's driving the car which i think is pretty funny yeah bizarre i liked his whole like purple look the like mm-hmm. purple satin like shirt on and the purple matching car. the car fingernails yeah. yeah yeah there is a lot of nail painting in this now there that you is. think about that a lot more than we ever expected in a fast and the furious if you had to give me like over and under nail painting references <laughs> in, in a fast and the furious movie i would have taken the under for sure yeah i would have lost that one I did, you know, I appreciated his, like, gender fluid-ish adjacent (laughs) see in this movie, Um, you know, because we're so used to seeing, especially a guy who looks like him, be like, "Mm, big tough man. Um, So I appreciated the the nails and the sunglasses and the... Pastels. Pastel. Pastels. Yeah, he looks, he does look really great. It's the skin tone, man. It looks really good. Yeah, I cannot pull that off. I can tell you that much right now. But yeah. He's so tan. It's just like, 
and well jacked and beautiful but at the same yeah, that time helps. Yeah, yeah it definitely <laughs> helps they reference in this movie because we always know who his dad is but they reference that his mom is from the south pacific islands which is just vague enough to be like we don't need to nail that down like we'll never go back to her but like is Samoa considered South Pacific Islands? Could he be related to Hobbes in some way? Like, I know that, like, you know, Hobbes comes back in this. Like, and it's not, like, my brother or whatever, but, like... Yeah, I mean, I definitely thought that he was in Hobbes and Shaw when they went to Samoa. I was like, wait, so this is a different guy. Like, wasn't he one of the brothers? <laughs> no, but he they are somehow related. We figured this out at some point, right, Joey? Did, it, did oh, we yeah. figure out that he's, like... No, you're what was con- my accidental? What no, was no, my no. Accidental- you found out that in Road to Paloma, which Momoa wrote and directed, The Rock's cousin is in that, and he plays also the Rock's body stunt double. double. But he's, yeah. they're not they're not related to Momoa. Oh, okay. oh, I thought you okay. were talking about the characters being related because I can see that happening, where it turns out like on his mother's side, he's related to Hobbes or whatever. Oh, no, no. But Carrot, something we you you might not know that they came out later, that there was like a scene that was cut that they explain mm. that Ames and Momoa are half-brothers. Right, right, right. And that was why they were at the bank? I thought it was, a, it seemed like a police station. A, it it was a police station, station yeah. but he just had control of it. He was a bad guy that had control of the police station. Okay, and that was where they heisted the vault from, not yes. a bank. Yeah, because they said it would, okay. he would put it in the police station because it's safer than a bank to him because he owns all the police. Because he had it, like, you know, they, they had the money in different safe houses throughout Rio. The family goes and steals one, and they burn it in front of people. And so to protect the rest of his money, he brings all the money to the big safe that they have control over, that they, you know, in the heart of the police but station. spoiler, they knew that was going to happen so that he would collect it all for them so they could steal it all at once. It's a very Ocean's Eleven kind of thing to do. Anyways, I really like the idea that Momoa and Ames are brothers. And I think that now that I know that, it's just headcanon for me. Like, whether or not they continue that or address it later, like, it would make sense more to me when I was thinking about it and watching it this time that Reyes, the dad, is like, our family's going to finally do something great. I'm going to put your half-brother into the agency, and, like, we have all the cops, we have you here, we have me running the drugs, and if we get somebody on the inside of, like, the feds, the feds, quotation marks, then this could be, like, a huge umbrella of terror. So I don't know why they cut that. You leave fucking Pete Davidson in this movie, but you cut this part out. <laughs> you know, I I'm curious to see, like we've been saying, when the Blu-ray comes out and when there's inevitably the director's cut on the Blu-ray with hopefully like 10 or so more minutes of stuff that like character moments and maybe story moments and whoever like we'll see, you know, what's in there. Maybe there's deleted scenes. Maybe we'll see some other stuff on the chopping floor. I don't know. But Joey, you know, the only thing we're going to get is like 15 more minutes of the bomb rolling through. Italy. <laughs> they generally they don't really they don't usually add action they usually add like they cut character stuff because like people don't want character we want character stuff but like people don't want character stuff so i think generally these extended versions are like what we want usually yeah and also i i i, I am curious like how much of that bomb rolling through the city stuff is very much like planned out in pre-production so that they don't have to render so much more footage uh, that's going to wind up being cut out. Right, or it's just simply not, you know, render all of this footage that winds up not being included in the film. Whereas, That's very fair. Yeah, like they might even just have like wireframes rolling through and all that they, and so there is like extra footage of that, but the only stuff that they actually like fully render is what makes it into the 
the final cut. That would make total sense. Because there's a lot of like the bridge and at the end with the dam and like Rich, like Alan Richton Ames with the rocket launcher. Like there's a lot of stuff that like is kind of shoddy green screen in a way or blue screen or whatever they're using, like in a way that like isn't usually as noticeable. Um, I think they just kind of like, because this movie, Kara, I don't know if you had heard, uh, budget somewhere between 340 and $400 million. <laughs> so I think at a certain point, Universe uh, is like, no more money. Just no more money. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the whole thing with Jason, Justin Lin at the beginning of, of shooting, which must have been, I mean, I cannot wait for the oral history of that to come out at some point. And like, what happened there and how much did that cost because like it's it's a shockingly coherent movie that's the take right all things considered what it could have been for it to be like to make any sense at all kind of yeah 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 proud of them for that but um yeah i'm just i'm so curious what happened there and how much money that cost there was a number and i don't remember and i'm never gonna be able to find it it was something like it was like ten million dollars a day they were burning, just like in terms of like just them sitting there, pay. yeah, with all the COVID protocols and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think like I think they had brought him in. They resumed like within about a week and a half. But I, I'm sure that it was just like a, how do we do this? Who can we kind of like? Who do we trust? But we can also kind of control, right? Because I have to imagine that he just you know, whatever pre-production work that Justin Lin had done as far as like planning and stuff, which is a lot of work that a director has to do beforehand. Like I imagine that he just like took his notes and ran with it because there, there, he had no time to like develop his own vision of like, you know, what the movie was supposed to be. There's a story. I don't know if it's, I think it's, I don't think there's any reason to doubt it, but like Louis Leterrier said that like on the flight over to wherever they were shooting in Europe, he basically rewrote almost the entire movie. Wow. Okay. Um, he also That's has talked about says, yeah. since then recently about how he broke it out like a TV series instead of a movie because there's so many different stories and so many different characters and you have to like keep yeah, it making sense. But it, it does feel like he had all these pieces to this puzzle that like Jocelyn was sort of cobbling together like maybe his heart was wasn't it wasn't it who knows right but like he it seemed like he's like how do we salvage this and then what do we do from here? Yeah interesting but even still like they turn they did wind up turning it around in like incredible time span like from when did that happen like when were we hearing about this i think that was like sometime last year like it was the beginning of shooting so probably maybe 14 or 16 months ago like i think early 22 seems right which is i mean that seems very recent but like that is wild that they turned around this whole thing fully rendered out like all of that special effects work yep and it didn't look like garbage either it actually looked pretty good all things considered i think so i think this one looks pretty good i think they always look pretty good i don't really have problems with the like the cg here at all yeah it's just that you know that sort of thing takes a lot of computer computing powder power and a lot of time um you know, so like the longer that you have for for any render, the better it's going to be. So it just it really is amazing that, you know, that uh, half a billion dollars or whatever they're the amount of money that they spent on this kind of shows that they were able to like get that done on that time span. They said in the first movie, it's an amazing machine, like the actual the cogs of like going through and like 
producing a thing on this scale on this scale we've talked a lot recently as like because this movie was only in theaters really for three weeks it was on premium video on demand three weeks later like you can maybe find it but like it's not in my theater at all anymore not even like one showtime at like 10 o'clock in the morning or whatever it's gone um and like it only quote unquote only made like 138 million dollars in the u.s and like made 650 worldwide and with a budget of 400 million means like they still made 250 million dollars but like Compared to what I'm sure Universal was hoping for, yeah, what they other were movies have made hoping for an easy billion. Pretty much, yeah, I would assume so. I mean, it's a miracle that any movie gets made, like from the smallest like yes. indie film to the largest studio action, whatever. Um, but these, it, they, this is getting out of control. <laughs> like, it's just the amount of money that they're spending on this is unsustainable, and will. Uh, I'm sure eventually destroy everything. But um, in the meantime, it's fun to watch. It is fun to watch. We were just, you know, if, if this wasn't a movie franchise that was 11 deep with all the goodwill and like, you know, the the bridges you would burn to cancel, like this flopped somewhat, right? And so would they make one or two more? Who knows? But, you know, I'm glad that they, I'm glad that they are. Well, they are right now. Let's see if they ever come out. Do you think there's a possibility that they they wouldn't come out, Kara? You think that there's yeah. a possibility they actually could shut this down and be like, "That was the end" on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Read about Absolutely. it in a comic book or something. Absolutely, I think there's a lot of like churn happening in the industry right now. Not just you know like writer strike, SAG strike, notwithstanding, you know everything that's happening with like streaming and like for for you know HBO to like I mean whatever the fuck HBO is been doing um and to like fully just you know take content and just say like "Eh." wipe it yep wipe it as if it never happened or you know it just yeah i think that there are a lot of like bizarre financial incentives that exist that we don't Understand. I don't understand how write downs work. That's the one right. thing I've learned in all of this. Like, I don't understand how you save money by not putting it out there. But like, you just write it off. You write it off, and then you you get to pay less taxes. And isn't that what the corporations really want? Forget about producing any sort of content. Let's not pay taxes. Less taxes, more profits. I mean, there's always been a lot of bizarre businessy stuff on on the back end that happens, but I think we're just in a really, really weird time for media right now. And um, it, it, because this did, quote unquote, flop, um, despite still making $200 million, um, and because so many of these like big, like more recent big budget um movies that at one point would have been guaranteed to net a billion dollars or whatever. Um, You know, I think that that trend uh, will influence some decision-making and it may or may not, you know, work out in the favor of the family. So TBD. As we're in an era where Disney just delayed Avatar 4 and 5 by three years each and Avatar 3 by a year. <laughs> was that Zoe Zeldana quote real, by yeah, the way? She's going to be 50, 51 or whatever when it comes out. Did, but did she say that? Or was she like, bro, I'm going to be 51. I was like 20 when the first one came out. Because she there was like, I saw this quote and I couldn't figure out if she actually said it I or not. I think so. Because I mean, it's it got delayed it to makes 20, sense. It's real. Yeah. And those are going to get canceled probably. Yeah. Oh, there absolutely is. Yeah. You know, you have, like, even the franchise Viagra isn't working anymore, so... 
Yeah, we talk about that a lot. Hopefully, yeah. it'll hopefully it'll spice this franchise back up. But who knows? I mean, I think there's a possibility that Hobbs comes out, flops, and then they they can it. They oh, can, that would be the worst. That would be the worst option for me. It, of course, it would be the worst option for literally everyone involved, except for like those studio heads that get big bonus checks. I don't want to see that happen. I hope I'm not speaking this into the universe to into existence, but I think there's a solid possibility that that's that could happen. I don't think be that, a huge I don't bummer. think that they would put out one because they would be because if that comes out next summer and we are they would be well into, I think, production of Eleven. I don't think that they would shut down Eleven. I think they'd be like, any plans for other spinoffs or future movies or reboots yes, or whatever they that, could, they could I mix. But that, I think yeah. I think by the time that comes out, if it comes out late next summer and we're like eight or nine months away from the release of Eleven or 10 Part 2 or whatever they're calling it, like, I think it would also, like, it would turn a lot of people off to, a, like, it would, it'd be bad. Sour. It would I, don't sour. Think, I don't think it's impossible, but I think it would be unlikely. But Because I, I think more likely... It would be cut here, and they would say, like, we're not doing Hobbs, we're not doing part two. Right. As opposed to, like, doing Hobbs, having that flop two, that would be, like, the worst. They have, like, this, the bridge movie, and then they're like, uh. Oh, but also, Carrot, like, if it's looking bad or grim, they could just, like, wrap the end of this one up at the end of Hobbs. Mm. And just be like, okay, that's... Yeah, yeah, I think that's, uh, unfortunately... uh... The, seems to me the most viable scenario here that more so at least than making both Hobbs and a final fast and furious and and not only not only making them but like finishing post-production doing the marketing releasing it in theaters all of the whatever like that you know because it's like it's one thing to wrap a movie production it's another thing to like go that last inch of the mile or whatever and it's several hundred million dollars more for that like single inch of that mile in post-production in marketing whether you market by an inch or a mile marketing is marketing yeah it would be very sad if it's like fast 10 part 2 unceremoniously dumped onto peacock (laughs) if peacock still exists which also is like well, so as of right now, on June 15th, which is eight days before this episode comes out, Super Mario Brothers has made $1.3 billion worldwide, number one. That's an insane number. Guardians 3 has made $800 million worldwide. Fast 10 in third place with $661 million. Ant-Man, $476. John Wick, $427. Little Mermaid, $425. So Mermaid will probably pass it. Spider-Verse at $412 will probably pass it. Why do you think Mermaid will pass it? Because Mermaid's only been out for like a week and a half, and it's only, it's only $200 million behind. And it's a kid's movie. And it's a kid's also movie. Also true. Also true. And even though they're going to, like, the the reviews for that are not great, I think it just, like, when they're going to get Sarah Polly to waste two years of her life doing a live-action Bambi, like, come on, let Sarah Polly make another, <laughs> like, an actual movie. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Is that actually happening? Yeah. I don't I don't think they finalized it, but, like, that's, like, there. she's, like... And The Rock's doing, um, uh, what? Moana. <laughs> but Sarah Polly is, like, an Academy Award-winning filmmaker... Aside from the person who kills Bambi's mother at the beginning of the film, are, are there, there any humans, humans in that movie? <laughs> well, there's no Good humans question. in Lion King. There was a live action Lion King. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. I'll have to. I'll have to see that because I don't. I guess 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're not so for us. Not really... They're not for us. No, I know. I... It's just you know the term live action is is yeah. No, it just means it's getting like a little real, slippery. Real backgrounds and stuff with like CGI lions and things. But they're not real backgrounds, are they? Kara, I have no idea. I saw the movie in theaters. I wish I didn't. It's just transposing human faces onto animals. That's the, it's not like, even the their faces. faces. It's not mm-hmm. even the faces. It's just animating CGI animals that look realistic. Now, if Sarah Polly was going to do a Cats 2... Now that I'd watch. Yeah, I don't know if like Donald Glover's face is on Simba, but it looks more like Donald Glover than not. Than a tiger. Which I understand, like, you know, because even hand-drawn animators can do that and have done that historically often. It's just like, what are live uh these are strange times we're living in where we're calling strange you know a movie that's 98 percent computer generated imagery a live action film that's interesting Uh uh-huh um you're not wrong that is an interesting concept and not one that i would have expected them to uh reboot as far as the disney catalog goes you know anyway Kara thank you so much for joining us once thank again thank you for having me thanks for watching podcast. the movie I appreciate you giving us the time to and watching it and talking to us oh anytime I always have a blast our next episode on Tuesday is Too Fast Too Furious and then we have no main feed bonus episode next week you gotta go to the Patreon at TooFastTooRiver.com if you want a bonus episode but Kara is there anything you want to plug anything that you want people to find you are you online at all anywhere can people find you if they want to find you have you been you? riding a bike Oh, uh, no, not really. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, I mean, I still, I ride my exercise bike sometimes. I'm actually Good. in the process of selling my actual, like, outside bike. Um, if there's anything I want to plug, I'm not, I, I don't want to be found, but I will plug uh, fostering and adapt, adopting senior animals. Ooh, yeah. Do oh, yeah. Oh, that's a nice cause. I like They're that. The that's best. a good cause. Uh, we're we're currently fostering a uh, allegedly 15 year old uh, pit mix named Laverne. She is the That's sweetest. That's a great baby. name for a 15 year old. Uh, <laughs> for a 15 year old pit mix, Laverne. Yeah, it's <laughs> a great name. She is so sweet, so gentle, just my speed. You know, a senior animal. They're the best because you already their their personalities are already fully baked. They don't require a lot of attention, just like a little extra patience. Um, and they're so sweet and so, so wonderful. So, um, you know, if vet bills are a concern for you, fostering is a great option because the rescue will cover it. So that's what we're doing. Uh, that's awesome, too. <laughs> because, yeah. Good tip. Yeah. Because if there's one thing that old animals are, other than in need of love, they are Sick. expensive. They are Sick. in need of medical care a lot of the time. Although, you know, sometimes they're inexplicably healthy for a long time. I've, I've cared for some senior animals like that, too. So, um, yeah. Go uh, find yourself a reputable rescue and maybe take in some seniors because, you know, they're, they're odds, their adoption odds are not zero. great. Yep, they're no. not there's a non-zero chance they can get adopted um but you know it's a tough sell for a lot of people when they are the most rewarding and wonderful little guys truly 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 yeah well, well thank smush, you smush laverne's nose for me 
Oh, I, well, she might not like that, but I'll give her a little head rub. She likes a little Perfect. head rubs. I always, yeah. I always like nose smushes. That's just my mm-hmm. normal go-to. But I, I understand it's annoying. So. <laughs> Well, thank you, Kara, and also thank you to our patrons, Cassie Wilson, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, and Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Wes Hampton, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato DiDonato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sport, Jason Rainey, Tom Price, Mike Gallier, Josh Buckley of Whole Lot of Wolves, yep. Michael Moser, Christian Larson, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Montez. Thank you all for supporting us. And for all things Too Fast Too Forever, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com, slash Too Fast Too Forever, or at Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out the aforementioned Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com and our store at cageclub.me, slash shop. And come back on Tuesday for Too Fast Too Furious. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And that was Kara Gayla Regan. Get your pets spayed and neutered and also adopt a foster and a lily pet. And make sure you and your pets are, uh, your vaccinations are up to date. Very true. We will tell you all about it when we see you again. 